This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series for our Arsenal All or Nothing review. I'm very happy to be finally joining you by talking about it. I've really avoided talking about it a lot on the channel because I didn't want to spoil stuff for everybody. But I feel like now we're well into Thursday. Everyone's watched it. Let's be real. Other than one person who we'll come on to in a second who's pulled a proper webby uh, as, as we've coined it here. Um, but thank you everybody for joining us in the chat box. Do drop a like. Do uh, make sure you're subscribed if you're not already but let's introduce you my panel for the afternoon first of all gunas versus cancer uh the man himself magic mike how you doing mate you doing good you well doing well doing well you're start. i see you're starting from from west to east which is the the proper way to do it mm. uh, i've now got a judge where i think in london our two next guests live to see if <laughs> i get it right <laughs> well one one's in north we know that we one. know one's in north i've now got to try and guess where our other guest is we'll see if we get it right we're gonna go we're gonna go for list of lead judges how you doing mate you good you well oh, i'm all good thank you very much all good all good lovely stuff how's things on the channel all doing well enjoy yeah yourself? everything going everything going great guns at the moment like you know everything in the arsenal world is very very good Mm, it is it's nice it makes a nice change from the start of last yeah. season of which we're going to have to talk about of course with the topic of today's discussion of course and i mean he's going to tell me if i'm right or wrong with going from west to east it's raf how you doing mate you good joel yeah i'm good mate i'm in southeast so i think you got it right oh i think i was right yeah, just about yeah well, there you go lovely yeah. stuff uh I, absolutely no uh connection at all it was pure guesswork <laughs> yeah. but i've got it right which i'm very happy about indeed um and well, yeah well as i done. said before yeah absolutely uh well done to everybody joining us in the chat as well we're going to be getting plenty of your thoughts on the amazon documentary and we're going to kick off with kind of our summarizing feelings having now watched 90% of it in some cases all of the series Mike I'll come to you first how did you find it I mean I knew it would be fascinating even despite how the season ended I you know I knew it would be a good watch I uh it it, it was something that as the summer went on as the signings came true as the the process uh continued to unroll to where I think the things that were going to be disappointing about the season last season were put into different context a bit. I knew it would be something that wouldn't be as painful as it seemed like it would be right at the, right at the end of the moment. Um, very, very, very edited to, I mean, I mean, it, it's as Sophie always says, it's a television show. It's edited. There's characters, there's a beginning, there's a middle, there's a, there's a denouement. There's a, uh, that's not even an English phrase. I was going to say that I completely contradicted it, it. It's just, it's just fancy. That's why I use the bell. There's, you know, there's all sorts of different production elements to it to, to, you know, raise and, and, and heighten expectations. There's, 
there's foreshadowing, you know, oh, we're doing a thing on Rob Holding. Well, maybe he'll score in the next game. Or Eddie Nketiah, <laughs> you know, how about his struggles? Maybe he'll score 97 goals in the last five games. You know, so I had trouble getting away from how packaged it was and how kind of, I mean, it, it was a PR thing. It was definitely avoiding some things that were tough, kind of picturing and packaging Arteta in exactly the light that the club wants you to see him in. But beyond that, I still found it fascinating. And, uh, you know, I, I think that people should have more context to how they evaluate the team's performance, some of the relationships they have with players, some of the assumptions they make about what happens behind the scenes now that we've seen at least what the cameras allowed us to see. Mm, indeed. Lee, did you find that to be the case? Did you feel as though you were watching something that wasn't necessarily raw, but what we were, what they wanted us to see? No, no I, 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 I agree slightly with Mike, and then I have other things I don't. I think, like, you know, sometimes when, when it was in the dressing room, like being in, in that environment, that's what it was like. I, I, I thought Arteta come across really, really well, a caring manager that, um, that you, you could want to play for but also you if you knew you'd done things wrong he was going to let you know thought that was good i think like when i look back i, I never actually see the whole of the the tottenham one but that that documentary put danny rose and um delhi alley in a real real bad light and i, I think mm. from that moment on their careers have gone downhill from that moment they didn't do that with arsenal so when you know there weren't no editing going on in there they just whether they let them lambs to the slaughter or whatever, even with the Abamyang thing, I think they kept that um, out so that he didn't really look like a bad person, didn't reveal anything. So I, I get what Mike's saying there. I think that from that point of view, I felt that Arsenal done well there where they protected most most of their players, where I felt that Tottenham didn't, with, particularly with Danny Rose and Deli Alley. Um, I, I, f I, f I watched the last episode. I thought it was a fascinating episode. You know, I had tears in my eyes when Saka goes and sees that little kid. You know, the last episode you watched, you mean? Yeah, the you mean the second to last episode? Lee. Yeah, I, I, yeah, the, the last episode <laughs> that I watched. Yeah, like, you know, I, I uh, you know, when he's when he sat there, you know, like the kid wrote him a letter and he's gone and see him and all that. That just showed a, a fantastic side. Yes, yeah, it's, it's all PR stuff, we know, but it was still fantastic to see him and, and watch. And you know, like the the, the great thing is, you know, how they. When it went about the Chelsea game, how they looked after that game and then went on that run again. But ultimately, I thought it was really, really good. I can't watch the last episode. I, I admit I can't because I know what's coming. Look, I know people might think I'm silly at this moment. I will get to watch it at some stage, but I don't want to be reminded of that Tottenham performance. I don't want to be reminded of that going to that game again. Like, you know, it's probably one of the worst times of, you know, like, let's be honest, we've never been stuffed by Spurs. Like in your lifetime, guys, you know what I mean. They have done in my lifetime. We lost there five nil once, once upon a time, which I was there. Well, I don't know if you remember it or not, Mike. But anyway, like, I, I was there that day, and I was there at this one here. It was humiliating, and I don't want to go through that again at this moment in time. I think it's a good, there's a real good feel factor around the Arsenal at the moment, and I want to keep my my feel good factor going at the moment, like you know. But, um, but I, 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 one thing that it does emphasise to me, and I think that it's a, a real poignant thing, is as good as Mikel or as bad as Mikel is and whatever. I, by the way, I think he's come across it very, very well. I think he's a lot... You, you can't help but like him. It still mm. comes down to players. You know what I mean? Like, still comes down to, you know, how good your players are. And when he gets the good players, then maybe they get that connection. I don't know. Maybe he's got the good players. Uh, maybe this season will show it. Uh, we'll have yeah. to wait and see. Raf, how did you feel about the series? Did you enjoy it? I mean, there's been two others, of course, with Man City and Spurs being covered as well. How did you feel kind of this ranked in terms of the other ones as well? Um, I, I mean, in terms of... Uh, to be honest, I enjoyed it. Um, hmm. I think that it put I put something in the perspective. I, I I can understand what Mike's saying in regards to it's definitely edited. Like there was definitely you could tell when there was certain situations where they wanted to pull on certain emotions and you know, similarly to what you said, Holden's in it, then all of a sudden he scores mm. that goal and it's all kind of even the cameras are pointed towards it. Like you could see that there were some elements of it that were to pull and like to bring out certain emotions in you. But I felt that ultimately it did kind of convey a togetherness that I 
I don't know if I necessarily thought there was, especially like as it progressed and as you kind of see how, I think mainly even how Josh and Vinay and Edu kind of were mm. together with Arteta. I think that, that that came out really, really strongly, even in these dark times. I remember in one of the first episodes and Josh kind of put his arm around Arteta a little bit and was like, I know that you're struggling a bit, but don't like, we've got belief in you. And I kind of felt like, okay, that's, that's kind of what we want. Like, you know, like um, I think Lee, you, you spoke about the Tottenham one. And to me, um, it was, it was quite, I felt like it was quite evident of the type of manager Jose is compared to the type of manager or the type of ethos that Arteta is trying to bring in terms of it felt very much like I'm the main man with Jose. It's the player's fault. I'm going to dig out Danny Rose. I'm going to make players look bad. I'm going to like, but it's about me getting the best out of this terrible situation of a club, like in terms of a club where Arteta looked very much like this is kind of unity. And this mm. is kind of, we're trying to like build like this thing where we're all in it together. And I felt like that's what kind of came across for me. And I think as a fan, it makes you feel a little bit more like, all right, do you know what? I may be able mm. to give them a bit more, grace in certain situations or I may at least I can understand that I wasn't the only one that was pissed off after we lost like the Nottingham Forest when I lose I do well I'm on <laughs> like, like, everyone's like, saying do well yeah. now it's do just, well. That's what it is. <laughs> it took me five well, weeks to figure yeah. out what he was actually saying yeah but it's like more. but at least like he was angry like even I think there was a game was it the Villa game or the West Ham game and I remember the game clearly where we were like, we kind of dropped off and we, and it was like, has he told him to just kind of sit back after the game? And clearly mm. by halftime, you could see that he didn't. So it's like, again, it makes you think, well, at least, you know, these things and the questions that I've kind of asked of him and I've asked of the team sometimes, like, is it a mental thing? Is it just, you know, psychologically they dropped off because they were winning and they wanted to hold on to the lead was it complacency but at least I know it's not the manager telling them all right we've got a, we've got a one nil let's just sit behind the ball and then you know yeah I mean that, that, that narrative is, is absurd yeah. and, I, and I think that should just be blown out of the water it, it is fascinating though there, there were instances where we kind of had a, a bad stretch I mean I think it was the forest game where yeah. Arteta January had been in isolation, really but January, yeah. yeah, he had he he had been in isolation, but he had watched the practice, and he was like, "That mm. was a sh you know, that was a crap yeah. practice." Yeah, he carried it into the he game. He separated it, didn't he? He was like, "There yeah. are players, there was like four players that really want to be here. There's like the most of you are just like training because you have to, and then the rest are just like they're just turning up." Wow. And, and yeah. then and then the other stretches of the season, one of which we didn't really see that much. Well, we saw the Everton game and the, the United mm. game, but then the other stretch was obviously the one where where the, my first bad stretch of games in London, the Palace, Brighton, Southampton yeah. thing, where yeah. he mm. seemed to think that the team, I mean, he, th there was nothing visible that he said, you know, was missing with that team. They just went out and crapped the bed for right. no reason. Yeah. And and so, yeah. you know, it isn't just all about the, the coach sometimes. Yeah. And the players were on each other over that. I mean, it's sometimes they just, a young team with kind of, developing psyches i guess is gonna is gonna have those games and even a you know man city pulled lost to norwich a few years ago out of the blue i don't know why they did that how they did that but you know there's just stuff sometimes that happens where where the the unit of yeah. of men just don't click on a particular day and it's hard to dig out of that yeah lee i mean when you look at some of the the low moments i know that you've obviously not seen the final episode but there were some really tough tough periods in the as, as Mike brought up the January the Nottingham Forest game where you had a lot of kids in that team you know because mm. a lot of the first team players weren't available uh, there was a lot of kids on the bench Patino played that game and he really went in I mean did you from what you've seen of Arteta before the documentary from what we've seen on the touchline from what we've seen in interviews from what we've seen in press conferences did you expect that were you surprised when you saw those kind of emotions and and hardness from him no, not really, because I think that that's what, what, what it does to you. I think, you know, there's a, there's a method to everything that he does. He knows that for for uh, all that part of the season, he cannot be going in there screaming and shouting, but he also can't be going in there trying to be like their friend and all that, like trying to... There's, there's, there's so many things you have to do. Some of those things, like, listen, I've, I've been in coaching and all that, like, and, uh, and things like that. Some of them are all 
premeditated, like, you know, right, this is the one where you're going to have to go in there and give them a rollicking, like, you know. I, I've been there when you, you're going in at half-time and you're talking to your coaches and you go, right, do I rollick them now? Mm. Yeah, this is the time. This is not the time, you know. The, you know, So it's all calculated to a certain point of view, like, you know. But I, I, I actually, I'm going to be really honest. Whether you think Arteta is the right man for the job, that's still in in question, whatever you like. You cannot help but like him. Uh, the way he's come across, I, I'm thinking, do you know what? Yeah, if I was a young player, I, I, I wouldn't mind being part of what he's doing, the way he's playing and all that. Like, there's, a, there's a thing of being very expressful when you play. He wants you to play and all that, but he wants you to do it in the right ways and things like that. And I think that I can see now why people are sort of saying they're looking looking up to him. Some of the... the um, the tactics and some of the talking that he does, but I've enjoyed the. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. You know what I mean? Like I loved it that he come in after that game and had a game against a game against Norwich Forest. You know why? Mm. Because I was as pissed off as he was yeah, on yeah. that on that day. You know what I mean? Like you know, got to go home and travel home after that. Also on other games, I thought it was fantastic. The Brighton one. I don't know if you remember when it, when he come back in at Brighton. He, he he had a go, but didn't have a go. But the, the thing he emphasised was, you know, we wasn't at it at the start of the game. We was not on it. And that's mm. what cost us. And, I, you know what I mean? How many times you walked out of the ground going, why didn't we start off like we did when we went 1-0 mm. down and things like that? So he was telling them. I think the, the other one was in the Everton game when we was 1-0 up at half-time. And he said, if you don't pull your, your pants up here, we will get done. Yeah. As simple as that. And they didn't. You know, and he come back in and I thought it was a fantastic thing he said. Wait, uh, I, I, if I speak now, I'm going to regret it. So I, I will talk to you when I've calmed down. And and that is because, realistically, he's giving out the instructions and they're not listening. Now, I think there is a little bit of um, naivety in their youth and whatever. But also, that is, he's, he's looking at that and he's going, right, well, he's going to be good enough. He ain't, he ain't, he ain't. I've got to get so-and-so, such-and-such. And that's why I think this season is going to be so much better because he's got better players now to, to emphasise some of the, thing, uh, the, the things that he was trying to implement now will get over and hopefully we'll be a better side. But I thought it was a fascinating thing from that point of view. And I have to say, I, I'm, I'm um, more in all... Look, I, I, I was fortunate enough to meet Mikel uh, after the Wolves game, just only for a brief minute. And uh, you could tell he's a nice guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you, you don't want to criticise him because he's a, he's a nice guy. But ultimately, it's still all of this stuff that he's doing, he's still got to get results. You know, you, you know at the end of the day, I, I think there is a ruthless streak in him and he has got to make sure that that comes out when we're doing it, when we're going through this season. Because if he doesn't, you know, he will fall on his sword. And I don't want him to fall on his sword because he just seems like a really nice guy. But I do like the way he's got the culture in there. And also, one thing got quickly mentioned... I love it that he includes the fans in some of his team talks. They're out there. They've got their energy. You've got to get them up yeah. and all that. Like, I, I, so when I look at it and go, oh, is it, um, is there, you know, what, what is this? Is that the fans thing? Is it just a PR thing? That proved to me that it wasn't. He, he wants the fans there. Get them, get them energized, get them in. That's great that you feel like that, 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 that when he's doing his team talks, you, you know, you've got to go out there for the fans and do it for the fans. So I think that there's some very, very good things that have come of it for, that, from his point of view. And that, Lee, was a constant theme for him during the summer tour as well, just the fans, the supporters, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, he, he does command a room. I mean, I, you know, I had the opportunity to be one yeah. of the people that were interviewing him a lot of times. And it's just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to make him out to be like some sort of like, godlike figure where you're like in trance <laughs> like like early Arsene Wenger probably was where where everyone's just sitting there in in rapture but but the I mean he's engaging he looks you in the eye he he does have a connection to the fans that the way he answered the question about Maria uh just I mean that that for me from a personal level I've always rooted for him because he's the manager of Arsenal football club not yeah. because he's Mikel Arteta not because of who he is or who he isn't but because of what what job he has what role he has um uh, after this summer and 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 boy you know put pushed further by this uh i tried to say buoyed be whatever that word is but pushed boy, further yeah. by this uh exactly right push forward by this this series i mean i i really do like the guy i want him to succeed that's not gonna keep me like 
you know, rooting for him when he's lost the team in five years or whatever, I mean, whatever that, when, when that happens, I'll, I'll know, but it, it, he is a likable guy. I think we can agree he did a little bit more and he learned a little bit more from Pep Guardiola and then just had to move cones around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just, and just even, even on that, like, I know obviously people had a bit of fun with the whole uh, bringing the, um, bringing the sound system onto the training ground and mm. a couple of the wacky ideas and things. I personally kind of looked at that in a different way. It's like, at least he's trying something. Like, even with those things, it's like, I'm trying to make them understand what it means because when you actually get into that situation, you're going to realise that, wow, some of these players, I've never been in this type of situation before. Like the Nuno, to uh, Nuno Tavares is of this world or Lokongas. Like, you can see... Uh, Anfield, but when mm. you're playing, when you when you hear the crowd, when they start to get on top, and ultimately, let's be honest, that's what happened. The crowd got involved, and because it, it was a pretty even game up until Arteta kind of lost his head with Klopp, the the crowd got involved. They score a goal, we make a mistake, they score a goal, and then it just got on top of us. And I think in all of the things that he was trying to do, I think he was trying to get into the psyche of the players and make them understand what it means, not only to play for Arsenal, but to be in this position, to be consistent and, like, you know, to have a standard. Because let's be honest, I think the standard amongst our players has dropped, not just in the level of performance, or but the mm. standard of, like, you actually play for Arsenal. Like, he mm -hmm. looks like... And he was at the... I think there was a bit of... Apart from the terrible, you know, the terrible results that we've had uh, off and on, that he looked like he was part of the team where he would have realised, you know what it's, it's like to actually play for Arsenal? Like, do you know what a privilege? Like, he might have been, in his playing time, so privileged to play for Arsenal. And it's like, I don't know if the standard had gone as a club mm -hmm. or just between the players or it's just a kind of a relaxed, like, when he signed with Arsenal, the players. Yeah, when he signed but, with Arsenal, there were still players in the club who really could translate the privilege exactly. that it was to play for Ex Arsenal. Exactly. The, the history of the club and, and so many of the players that we had, you know, in the last couple, well, the players that we've had for the last five seasons mm. don't have that connection. And Arteta has to be that connection. It's not in the yeah. dressing room. I mean, you could say Xhaka, you could say Elneny may be holding, but like, you know, I, I they're, they're kind of generational parents in the club were guys like Alexis Sanchez and and mm. um you know and and Aaron Ramsey and 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 those folks. So I mean it's yeah, there, yeah. there's there's been a loss of that kind of hand me down of of passion yeah. and what it means to play for this football club. And I think that is you know when when people talk about bringing in Ancelotti or or even Jose Mourinho at times yeah, or you know what we needed was someone with Arsenal DNA, even if it wasn't like the greatest, you know, if, even if it wasn't an invincible, even if it wasn't Thierry or even if it wasn't Vieira, um, needed to be someone that needed to be somebody who understood what it meant to play for this club. And, and that's, I think Arteta's biggest contribution of all. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing I'll just remember, which was a great point was, um, I think that because he's a young manager, he can connect with the players as well. Like, for instance, that game against Anfield, when it, I, I thought it was a fantastic thing that he said. He said, as a player, I, I, I lost my bottle one game and, and it was this game. And what he was basically telling everybody there is that, you, you know, we're humans. We're, everybody can, can have that sort of thing. So don't beat yourself up about it. Don't, don't go hiding. We've even, I've done it so I can get it. And I thought that that was a, a, a fantastic thing. The other thing I, I would like to say is that I, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I've always had a big beef with his backroom <laughs> staff, a big beef of them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, all of a sudden though, watching this um, documentary, I've kind of took to all of them. Yeah. I know what you mean. Carlos you know, Quest is a really interesting character, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. He's been really he good, like, you know? But some of those what one to your, one. What was your big beef, by the way? And and whose plate, like, did, who's plate what, did you Did you feel like? as though they were yes men and they weren't really questioning? Yeah, I did. I yeah, did feel that they were yeah. like nodding donkeys at times and, and you know, looking at balls <laughs> and looking at things and all that. Like, watch what I, I remember one of them sitting there looking at his iPad and going, Look at the pitch, not the iPad. You know what I mean? Like, you can see, see what I'm seeing or see what we're all seeing. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm. But but they come over really, really well, really good. Yeah. And, and I quite like that. The only thing that I would 
you know, like, I don't know how you guys feel about it. There was some one-on-one situation. Wouldn't it have been great if you had Sol Campbell in there doing that one-to-one or, or, mm. or, or, or uh, you know, Dennis Burkamp saying the one-to-ones. And, and I know the coaches and all that. I'm not knocking that, but I just think that sometimes, you know, you've got Tony Adams telling, you know, Ben White how to improve or something like that. I just think that if we could get a few more Arsenal men in there, that'd be fantastic. But I, I have to say, yeah, I, I, I look at um, the coaching staff now in a in a in a different light. I I I used to hate them. I, I'm going to say it. I, I, mean, I, I hate them. <laughs> no, I, I know. I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean. I, yeah. I felt like I didn't hate them, but I just felt like isn't someone else going to like say anything or like do anything? Is it? Yeah. Like, exactly. you know, is it only when we get a set piece and everyone hugs the um the set piece guy? That Lee was throwing eggs at their houses and stuff. He, he hated them so much. <laughs> Yeah, but, I but put a just... poll in the um, the chat box as well. I'll just break it on from what you said about Arteta, you know, and the question was, did all or nothing make you warm to the manager more or less? 70% of you have said more, uh, 5% yeah. have said less, and 26% have said unchanged as to how they feel about Arteta. So overwhelmingly, you know, it seems to do that. And that's where I think it's important to then balance the argument. There was a comment in uh, Mike earlier on from Gavin, who said uh, it was a proper, here we go, uh, it was an eight-episode propaganda piece. It was an embarrassment as a fan. It's the opposite view. You know, we've all been pretty positive about things. Do you th- do you see the argument that this was edited to make Arteta and the club look good? Yeah. Uh, I mean, of, yeah, of course it was. I An embarrassment of as a fan, though. I, I, I mean, look, the the way the season ended was an embarrassment as a fan. That I mean, that's I don't think anyone could argue with that. No, and and, and you can, yeah. and you can have different perspective of whether that was an overachievement in, in the year or or a complete collapse and a failure at the end. Uh, but to say that the documentary itself was an embarrassment, like if your view of Arsenal Football Club was here, and then you watch the 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 eight episodes, and now it's down here, and you're and you're just you're worried that you're going to go out and catch banter from your from your mates who support other clubs. I, I I don't understand how how you could be embarrassed over it. I mean, mm. what would you have rather seen? It would have been interesting, but it wouldn't. I, I don't know the, the embarrassment. I don't. I mean, that's that's what that's what television shows are. They're they're you know or documentaries. It's it. It would have been fantastic, wouldn't it? I I, I think not. But if if we'd have got Champions League at the end of it. I, 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 I mean, that, yeah, that would have been a happier ending. I'm pretty it sure. Been, you know, that would have been that would have been great. But that said, would you have? Would I mean, look, it, it would have been cringe, difficult television. But would you mm. not have been fascinated in seeing an all or nothing from the season before? The one mm. where we banish those. I, I don't goals. think I would have been able to watch it anywhere near as comfortably. No, <laughs> at no, all, no, you know. Not as comfortably, but like. I would have pulled just... a Lee Judges. No, <laughs> Lee you judges know what, though? I, I, I see what you're saying was... because. I felt it was going to be cringeworthy. I thought it was going to be, we was going to get battered and all that, especially when I see the first clips. Pleasantly surprised it wasn't like that. From my, from a personal point of view, I'm not, I'm only can talk for myself. Yeah. I didn't feel that it was like that. You know what I mean? I, I didn't think we'd, we'd come out of it bad. Spoken to a couple of fans today, funny enough, doing a Bournemouth review. They've, they've come out and said the same, that they felt that Mikel's come out of it really, really well and they've enjoyed it, you know? So, mm. Uh, you know, but listen, everybody's got an opinion, don't they? And that's if that's how, how that person feels, then that's fine. But for me personally, yeah. I didn't find I didn't find that. I think that you're going to get out of it what you put in. Like if you go into it not liking Arteta, you're not going to come out of that having your mind changed. That's why I said the question: Have you warmed or not? Because mm. I think if you already like him, you will warm to him. If you don't like him, you won't. Because psychologically you will take on the, the positives you will see the anfield speakers the light bulb the the, the rub in the hands yeah. you'll see that as cringe and is embarrassing because you don't like him you know if you like what he does you'll see it for what it is you know that i think that's what you'll see and you got you got to remember as well like we i don't know what it is about arsenal but we are like everyone is quick to want to banter arsenal everyone's quick to want to be like oh that's crazy or Oh, how could he do that? Like, I'm sure loads of coaches are doing, or tr- some coaches are trying innovative ideas that don't work. Or similarly, there's things, there's issues on the training ground, like the bust up with Lacazette and Cedric. Like, these things clearly happen. But it's, you know, Arsenal, 
there's that thing with Arsenal, especially on social media, everyone's quick to just be like, oh, that's ban or that's crazy. And also with the whole Arteta thing, there's, like you said, there's going to be fans that ultimately just don't like him. So anything he does is going to be like, okay, that's the worst thing he could have done, or that's propaganda, or even, because even the fact that someone's saying it's, it's an eight-piece propaganda piece, in a way, mm. it's because you're looking at it from a perspective that Arteta looks favourable in some aspects. And it's like, whether it is or it isn't, all we can take on it is at least we have a bit more insight on well, most we of these football club. Most of these top top level football clubs are not going to allow that kind of access. Exactly. With, exactly. with you know, for because despite what some of the people in the chat are saying, 99% of documentaries are biased and have, have a natural bias of one thing or another. Like, like, like documentaries about like, like birds and like walruses and stuff maybe don't but like you know but they <laughs> but they might it could be about yeah, like yeah. global warming and stuff. for the like, birds like, take the walruses yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is a uh, yeah, poorly drawn arsenal's walrus is uh is my favorite walrus but the uh i mean the documentaries are not just completely level-headed you know looks at the reality of what's going on especially if you're taking you know 20 30 40,000 hours and knocking it down to eight yeah. and, you know I mean that you you can't help but have some some level of bias and tell a particular story so you know to I, I don't really know what people are expecting out of that especially for a top level football team to give that level of access which is why I, I would have been I just would have loved to have seen the season before because you got the Gwenduzi story you got the Ozil story you've got all those <laughs> contracts that they cleared out and then started playing well. You had uh, uh, who was it? Uh, ESR coming into the team and being a revelation on mm. on Boxing Day. I mean, it would have been a cringe, pain, like a lot of negativity. But I think it would have been fascinating look at behind the scenes because you know last season was kind of a a roller coaster ride with mm. a happier ending than people were expecting. So, oh, there he is. <laughs> do, do you think <laughs> with? Um, <laughs> I didn't even see him in the chat. I love you, buddy. With this Mikel Arteta thing, like you know, like people genuinely don't like him because I, I think there's a you know, I, I I I'm I'm not still I'm still not convinced. I think like you know these next three games, by the way, will be will tell me all like, I think I need to know about Mikel in the in the next three games, but. Mm. It's never been like a dislike for me. It's like I'm not 100 sure if he's going to be a be the man, manager. I really want him, really want him to work. And I don't see how you can dislike the man after what you've seen. Just only my opinion. I don't see why you can dislike him. I can understand why you don't rate him or yeah. don't think he should be in the mm -hmm. job. But to say you dislike him, I, I, I think. You know, he's a little bit strong, really. I don't see why our Arsenal fans can say they genuinely dislike him. I think it's, um, again, some people get, and, and obviously, this is just me talking from because I, I don't, I'm, I'm in a similar boat to you. Like, Tom will, Tom will attest to it. There was times before where I was like, well, I don't personally think he should be in the job anymore. Right, you stuck on that wall, literally, you, like... literally <laughs> on my forehead as well. No, but, um. You lose eight out of thirteen. Everyone, yeah. You lose eight out of thirteen. In my opinion, you shouldn't have been at Arsenal. But maybe we're looking at things and saying that he did need a bit longer, and we're starting to see the the fruits of of the club having faith in him. But I think that what happens with some fans, some fans are, are tied to certain players. Some people felt that the way he handled Guendouzi was wrong. Maybe the way he handled Aubameyang was wrong. Maybe the Saliba debacle, which I I had strong views on, was wrong. And then you, you get a, you get a dossier, and people that may dislike that or may not think he's up to the job. I'm in the same camp as you in that I think he seems like a likable guy, and he seems like he loves Arsenal and he wants Arsenal mm. to be where we want him to be. So ultimately, I think that's the main thing for me. And he looks like he's got a plan. Like uh, I think, uh, no matter great, what you can, great yeah, point. Great, great, great point. And the other thing is that which has come across to me, which is a, which is just following on to that, is that yes, he loves Arsenal. Yes, he's got all the passion, but that doesn't mean to say that that, that I'm going to give him a free ride on that because of what it's, it's ultimately about getting results. I think it's great that he's got passion for the club. I think it's great that he loves Arsenal, but that ain't enough. Yeah. That ain't enough. You know what I mean? Like he's got to to deliver, and I think that that was one of the things that I. 
I, I, I've took out of this. You know what I mean? I do like him. I think that he's um, he's got that. But uh, but I've heard a lot of people go, oh, it's fantastic that he's got passion for Arsenal. What, what Arsene Wenger didn't. Um, yeah. Emery didn't. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, Terry Neal didn't. Oh, you know Emery what I mean? Didn't. They've all got passion for Arsenal. That's not not an insult. I'm just saying that that Emery wasn't one of those guys who had that level of passion, and 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 that's that wasn't. It was a job for Emery. That's what it It was. Didn't lead to his failure. It wasn't his fault. You can't. Well, it may take you a little bit longer. When you go to a club, sometimes it takes you, you know, like a year ain't enough, or a year and a bit ain't enough to to fall in love. You know, I mean, as a player as well, you you get, and I I get what you're saying there. You you get special. with all the clubs that I've played for, there's there's more special connections with some than others. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way it is. You know what I mean? So, I think if he'd have been successful and probably got into the Champions League, that it might have been a little bit different for him. I don't know. But, you know, I I, 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 I think one thing that's really, I've got to say this as well, that I, I like, and I think it has to be said, is that we, as a fan, one thing I don't like about the Cronkies is I don't care about the money side of it. Is that I've all had that thing that they don't really care. They ain't. They are not over here. They don't hurt like me and whatever like that. What I've got. What I've got now is a manager that I know does care, does hurt when we lose, and I think that I can take consolation and 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 feel a little Emboldened. bit better towards yeah towards Mikel. That I know that if we if we don't beat Bournemouth on Saturday, that he's going to be hurting as well. Like you know where I feel that. Before I, I felt that there were people that didn't care at the club, mm-hmm. yeah. And to and to be honest, I felt like especially in the beginning, like the first couple of episodes, it looks like Josh cares a bit as well. To be honest, and I'm not again. I know yeah. that everyone has mixed views on the Cronkies, and I haven't been <laughs> big Cronky fans um, over the years. But you can, it's hard to deny that there's been a shift since 2018 when they've for Josh taken full over. I think it's important Josh, to but, separate them. You know, but then Stan, I think, but, Stan but, I don't think gives a you know a rat's but, but ass about whether. But, uh, but then I think, but I think, but I think what we do is that we say Stan, but then oh, Stan's the big. I think it's a company, and obviously he's clearly given Josh and Stan similar reigns. How old is um, Stan? Probably in his seventies now, or whatever. Yeah, it's Josh probably unrealistic for him to take over control over every single thing. Clearly, Josh has said, "All right, I'm going to handle Arsenal." Maybe Stan's handling the Rams, and they they've divided, you know, their not divided assets, but divided how they're going to control their yeah responsibility. And well, we, Josh is involved, so I mean, it's hard to deny that he's been more involved. And we've seen an uptick in money, an uptick in uh, aware like exposure. He's spoken. How many times has he had interviews and spoken? So. Mm. I think he has to be the one. I don't. I think forget about Stan now to a degree. Like Josh is clearly the one that is involved in Arsenal, from my perspective, anyway. Oh, and he's at least shown. I just want. I just want. I know that Mike's been desperate to cut in on on the on yeah, ship thing. Well, I mean, the, the I see I, him. He's like a lion. He's. Like, yeah, he's ready yeah. to yeah. I've always had this sense of when I'm like, you know, I look like I'm bursting like constantly, <laughs> but but when it comes to. Um, <laughs> Stan, I mean, I've been I've been saying forget about Stan for five years. I mean, you know, the, because he's never going to change. Mm. But we did, you know, Aston told the story. My friend Aston, uh, who was heavily involved in the summer, Mr. Away Kit launch. Yeah, he uh, and and he was in the uh, he was in the owners box of the at the Chelsea's game uh, at the uh, Chelsea game with, or no no at the uh, Orlando game with the Cronkies with V9 and all that. And he said, you know, he finally got to hear Stan talk. And it was, uh, oh yeah, we're all going out for a big dinner when we win the Champions League. <laughs> like, like, really? Is that what yeah. you said? Yeah, that was a that was a secondhand quote from Aston. But uh, but yeah, Josh is the. I know uh, that's getting used. You know, someone's clipping that. Uh, oh. <laughs> that's cringe. Yeah. Oh, and 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 I like to add, you know, the the, the extra accent because you know he has a ranch in Texas. Like when we win <laughs> one of them Champions League thingies, we're going out to Sizzler. But like. <laughs> At least he knew what the Champions League was. I mean, he might yeah. he might think that's like the new Super Bowl of uh, of, yeah. of soccer, and I said mm. that intentionally. Well, it but, is the equivalent, I suppose. You know. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, he, I think he said that the FA Cup was, but but so yeah. I mean, he he's he wants a franchise that wins, and he's going to bankroll it to this to the point where he's not throwing money away, and it, you know, they want to get back to self sustaining. There's no question about that. But as we've seen from from clubs, self sustaining doesn't mean you don't spend money. It means that you're spending money whilst being successful, 
which gives you the money to spend. You don't have to, 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 to do a lot of that, but not to turn it into a financial podcast. Josh is the guy who is talking to V and I, Stan isn't. Josh is the guy who's talking to Tim Lewis. Stan isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, After watching that, guy right? who, who, who's probably more involved and might even be in London more than people think he is. But even mm-hmm. if he's not, you know, the, there's there's still a connection there. They're not just blindly uh, throwing their... Uh, their After game. watching that, Mike, do you feel that, and, and, and watching this documentary, do you feel that there's a similarity to the LA Rams going down that route, young manager. Do you, do you see a similarity or that, or, or is it a completely different thing? No, no well, well, that, that, that's been their stated strategy. Yeah. I mean, back, back in 2019, uh, you know, when, when Josh gave the impromptu interview and answered questions, he, he said, you know, we, we, we realized that it's apples. In fact, he said something about, he made like an apples and oranges and apples and bananas. Like, like he, he, he made some sort of comparison where, where he knew that football was so different than the other sports that they're involved mm-hmm. in, but that the strategy of, of kind of mm-hmm. blowing things up, getting a young, talented manager who's kind of learned at the at the feet of of, of a more kind of experienced, legendary manager type or or coach uh, was was the strategy to try to get younger players who will be there a long time, and and I thought at the time, well, you're being fools for trying to replicate that. Because football is different. There's no salary cap. There's no draft. There's no cyclical parity that you normally would have in in basketball, in hockey, and in, in football. There's a reason that they don't have a baseball team because baseball, the the one sport where you can pretty pretty much spend whatever you want uh, without mm. control. So I mean, they I thought it was a mistake and that they were still looking at it too similarly. But that's clearly what they've wanted to do. And when things finally got so broken with Unai Emery. Again, not not casting aspersions on him, but but it was clear that the club was just throwing money. They were doing like what United has been doing for years, and they're like, we got to stop this, rip it up, and start with something new, and we're going to bring in a young a young talented manager. So yeah, I think that's and, and now replicating their strategy from all their other franchises and teams, um, you know, using franchises in air quotes. Uh, is starting to look good because their other franchises have had some success. Mm. So why not try that strategy? Why not replicate it and then add on the understanding that they hopefully have gained over the last four or five years of what is different about football than the other sports that they have teams in. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, we've gone for 40 minutes and we've still managed to avoid the Abamian controversy. And I don't want to avoid that any longer. Um, Lee, I'll start with you. Uh, how did you feel it was covered? How enlightened were you by it? And did you leave with a sense of feeling as though there was still more to understand to have a, to make a real kind of genuine opinion on it? Listen, I, I, I think there's um, loads more issues there than what was there. Like, you know, I, I, I tend to think that maybe it was mismanaged slightly as well. Like, you know, when I look at, you know, uh, Barcelona looking to sell him for about 30 million in the next um week or so, I think that Arsenal probably could have handled that a little bit better and at least got some money for him, if I'll be honest. I think that they were panicked a little bit because it was in January. It would have been interesting if that would have happened in February, what they would have done, you know what I mean? Like, But because it was in December, mm. maybe that's why um, Mikel decided to make a stand on it. I don't know, you know what I mean? It just seems like it was convenient timing to this was the time to get rid. Why on that why on that um, misdemeanor and not the, the 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 hundreds that have gone before that? It was obviously like it was building up. He's not been late more than once. He's probably doing it on a regular basis. So I, I do see that you're never really going to find out what was going on. I think at, at the end of the day, I I I think if I'll be honest, and I think that they alluded to it a little bit that you know it weren't good for him to be training on his own. I didn't think that was a good fit. I felt that. Um, you know, then he come in one day and he was isolated from the from the players. Listen, if you're late, I get that, but was it really fair to be isolating him um, with with everything going on? So I felt that that could have been done a little bit better. If I'll be honest, I, I've got to say that I felt, but because of what was going on, I thought that Edu, if I'll be honest, was looking to keep him to get him back into the to the squad. It, it that did seem to me like that Mikel didn't want to have it. But then I look at it from Mikel's point of view. I do feel that he probably thought that um, 
he'd had enough. You know, it was like uh, one misdemeanor too many, which, you know, in management, you've got to understand that as well. I think when you've got a young, impressionable squad as well, if someone's taking the mickey, you don't want the younger players looking at them thinking, oh, like that. So I think what, what they'd done would have maybe looked at one of the players, would have looked at each other and thought, well, if they can do that to him, I better keep, I better make sure my alarm clock's on like every day, like, you know. So I, I get what was done on it. I, I felt that it was a lot covered up and everything like that. Um, and I do think, you know, I don't, well, I don't say I do like it or I don't like it. You know, you, you, you have like Tuchel coming out and saying, oh, he never had no problems with him. I've never had no worries with him and all that, like, you know, I bet he did. You know what I mean? Like, he, said, he said it before though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm 100% sure, do you know what I mean? Like, so it'd be interesting if he does go to Chelsea, what, what does happen from there? Um, financial comment, by the way. Um, when, when we were trying to sell him, he was a player who had down tools, who wasn't scoring even when he was playing and was on 300 to 350,000 pounds a week. That's why we couldn't get any money for him. Oh why yeah, of course. You know what I mean? But... Why, why is, why is he going for, for potentially 20, 25, 30 million pounds now? He's on 180,000 pounds. Yeah, no, the wages are yeah, up. He yeah. took less money to play at Barcelona because essentially we paid his wages for the rest of that year. Mm. And he wanted out so bad that he didn't want out so bad that he would play for free. He didn't pull a Willian. Mm. He uh, wanted which is to actually play. a nice thing yeah. that he did for us mm. after, after being horrible. Mm. But he's on 100. So, I mean, it, it literally is on half the money now that he was. Yeah, and so uh, like, even even yeah, so, I, I still yeah. think it was it, it wasn't done properly. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I think Edo none, none of it was optimal. No, I, I I I don't think if I'll be honest, any of them come out of any any good yeah. at on that. If I'll be honest, I think like they had meetings and things. What they was really doing, it looked mm. like they didn't really know what they were doing. Mm. Uh, listen, it's a situation probably that that you know a, a very. A situation that don't happen very often, I suppose. Like you know, what I mean, right? Really, yeah, really, sure. realistically, <laughs> yeah, except that it's like nine. Yeah, realistically, yeah, yeah. They, they sacked him, didn't they? That's what they basically yeah. done. Yeah, they basically sacked him. Yeah, yeah the yeah, same as they sacked Ozil, the same as they sacked Mustafi, the same as they sacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? What they done was sacking. We are a lot better off for it, and I think hundred percent. That's I go along with that. I I think it was better for everybody. You know what I mean? But you know. When people were saying, oh, it's going to be, oh, we're going to find out what goes on about Aubameyang, he's never going to find out and we never will. No. Um, we're going to take some quick fire questions from the chat box. Uh, so if you've got some questions specifically, of course, about our reactions to the series, don't go, is Tielemans coming? Because we're not answering that. So uh, <laughs> throw some questions in about the series and we'll I've tackle them. We'll go to ones. each of you uh, for some sh uh, quick fire answers. Uh, Mike starting and we'll go around. Uh, name your favourite moment, in short, uh, in the entire All or Nothing series. That save that Arteta's son made was amazing. <laughs> and, and, and the real one. <laughs> and, and yeah, and and you know the fact that we saw his grill and not and not Adu. Um, <laughs> his grill, his grill, his grill, his barbecue. Um, <laughs> favorite moment, man. Um, my, oh, easy, easy, easy. And it was one that I was told about a week after it happened, and I was sworn to secrecy that I could not talk about. I couldn't even, the gerbil couldn't even post anything, and this would have been a great, great thing for the gerbil to post, which was Stu McFarlane um, giving the team talk before the uh, the Spurs game. Mm. Uh, I, I was told by someone who knew who firsthand who uh, that, that that had happened, and that's why there was so much like craziness after the after the game with Arteta jumping on him and celebrating with him and stuff and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and to see how it happened. And, and there were some things I was told that, that didn't make the cut there from that team talk that I think would have been fantastic to see. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that, that definitely was my favorite moment because it was finally getting to see something that was supposed to be completely legendary and secret and it worked. It, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it pumped the mm -hmm. team up huge. Right. Uh, I'm going to say like the, the second moment with the little boy, I thought was 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 absolutely superb. It showed a light yeah. side, a, a different side of football, and um, I, I like the fact that he turned around and said it was meant a lot to you know that he read the letter. I think that's fantastic. You know, what I mean, I just thought it was a fantastic moment. 
Mm, absolutely. Um, Raf? Yeah, I, I think the um, the team talk, to be honest. I think more just because of the fact that I just you just didn't know that something like that would happen in such a big game. And it can clearly show that it meant like it meant something to him. And it's it's almost like me having a chance to go in and give them a team talk about how much the North London derby meant to me as a fan. And then them actually winning and then actually giving him like like the love afterwards. Like it just seemed like it meant a lot. I like mm. the when they'd done the song as well, the um the North London Forever yeah, and then they the, went in. The Angel, yeah. Yeah, just actually seeing him like and this obviously you saw his reaction a little bit on TV, but just the whole the fact that they watched it before and then seeing his like reaction, it's like again, you look at it as a fan and think, imagine if I made a song and they were all singing it in the Arsenal Stadium. Yeah, yeah absolutely. For those two. Yeah, there's there's a few. I really like when they went behind the scenes with Granit Xhaka um, and went to his home and talked to his family. Um, I thought that was good. Uh, you know, Arteta behind the scenes is good. Anything with Edu, I thought was really interesting. You know, I quite like yeah. listening to Edu and, and what he has to say about things because I think that, you know, he, he can sometimes be one of the most misunderstood people in the club at times. Mm. And I think that people have learned a lot more about him in the last year, that's for sure. What did you so, think yeah. about what did you think about Xhaka when after the, the Liverpool sending off and he was basically blaming Saka. Saka. Yeah, oh, and he was like... It seemed was like there was a bit of tongue-in-cheek it... going yeah. on. It did seem a bit tongue-in-cheek. What we I would say debates is that... over how, how much like passive aggressiveness was in there yeah. and how well... Yeah. 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 Like, and, like, and obviously, I don't want to... Because he's playing well, so I don't want it to be like oh, a Xhaka yeah. moment. But then you like think... Don't you think that might be part of his problem? Like, yeah. he kind of felt Absolutely. a little bit like, no, nah, it's yeah. your fault. It wasn't me. I was the last man. So well, I, I, I don't I think he was saying it was... Because... I don't think I interpreted that way. I think he was basically trying to justify his decision to, to take yeah. out Jota. And he said, if I hadn't have done that, we would have been 1-0 down. And of course, we drew that game 0-0. So I think, you know, he has a leg to stand on. In, or he didn't in that moment. But I think he theoretically yeah. has a leg to stand on in terms of, you know, why he did it. And clearly it was justified because we came out with a 0-0. But I agree with you that there are times where a player needs to take ownership of, you know, what could have potentially been a big error. Like, we didn't hear from him after the Man City red card. Maybe yeah, potentially we would have heard something yeah. different. And what we did see is his reaction in the dressing room after he was sent off. And you can clearly tell how frustrated and annoyed yeah. he was. But, yeah, like, I, I think that Jack is never going to change in that regard. You know, I remember the interview he did with the Players' Tribune where he basically said he's just he's, he doesn't ever... He won't change. He will still take players out. He'll still get red cards. He'll still make errors. That's part of who he is. At 30 years of age, 29, 30 years of age, that's not going to change. So that's just part of who Xhaka is. Um, there has been some really, really good questions in the chat that I want to come to uh, more individually. Uh, Mike, uh, Iris says, let's talk about the fake fights between Cedric and Laka. I, I tell you what, I, obviously we saw the clip in the trailer, but when Laka grabbed Cedric by his face, I was like, what is going on? I, I got a little bit annoyed at Laka in that was, moment. Watching was, that, was that the final episode? Was that the the one that Lee hasn't seen yet? Or did you Lee's see that? It, yeah. I, I've seen the clip. I've seen the clip on... Um... Cedric really yeah. proper grabs him in the head. Well, I what usually want you to talk about it, not me. So uh, he said, Tom, please talk about it. I, I mean, <laughs> I think Lacazette pretty much afterwards was saying I, I had a moment of madness. Like, like I think he, he, he took the blame for it. I mean, good for Cedric to stand, you know, for standing up for the Academy kid. I mean, that was completely unnecessary tackle on some little, I, I mean, do we know who the guy was? Who the, it was I think it was Henry Francis. I think it's like a mop, moppy kind of redhead, like like a yeah, redhead. I think it was Henry Francis. I might be wrong, but I think it was Henry Francis. No, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, if you think that that was the only time that there were people squaring up to each other and training for the entire season, then I mean that that just was the one that probably Made the uh, encapsulated the the kind of the the frustration in the, in the team at the time. Mm, absolutely uh let's go to uh paul who says lee is holding the happiest backup player in the premier league <laughs> <laughs> listen uh those those guys El Nenny holding and all that they're special players i'll tell you why they're special players because they've got a mentality that that i could never do it and 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 certain players can do that if i was ever left out of the team when i played and that i off i, I I weren't happy, and I showed that I weren't happy. But there was players in my team and squad that um, would 
would come in for two or three games and they knew their place and they'd let out. And when they was in that dressing room, they'd be happy joking around and all that. Like, and my God, do you appreciate them when you when when you finish your footballing career? Because if it wasn't for those guys, we w- we wouldn't have won things that we won. And because there were times when they needed to be be used, and I think the the um, admiration that I've got for them is, is incredible. Like the the attitude of them is is unbelievable. Like El Nenny was left out. I think El Nenny could have thrown his toys out. You know when Lekonga come into the team. You know before him, but uh, mm. actually proved the manager wrong. I think by by coming in in the game against Chelsea and, and probably should have used him a little bit more, if I'll be honest. But tremendous attitude at those well, sorts of players. I, no, right. I was going to say, I even like the, um, if you saw when Lekonga, like they were like, oh, your, your mood's changed. And he was like, it's because I'm playing now. And Eddie was like, what's wrong with you? You're not the only one I play. And just like fix up. And I, I like that even in Eddie, because I feel yeah. like it shows his mentality. It's like, you know, yeah, you're not playing, but still work hard. And it kind of just almost vindicates mm. when Arteta's always saying his attitude in training's always been good, like from the beginning. Even when people wanted Eddie to leave or didn't, he didn't look like he had a future at the club. Who was that? Eddie in Ketia. He always loved. <laughs> <laughs> it always looked the like, man who's made yeah. it at Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It looks like, yeah. I, I just think that they've shown, and again, it's probably a little bit scripted, but they look like they have a good mentality in the squad and you can see why maybe they've been kept around when some yeah, hundred percent, 100%. 100%. And that's why, because they've got that great attitude. And I think it's a thing that if you get into coaching and you get into to management or whatever, they're the sort of guys you appreciate more than, than the superstars. I'm telling you, because at the end of the day, that, you know, your superstars and the players that will want to play week in, week out and all that, like, you know, um, are always, uh, a little bit selfish and all that, like you know, uh, I, I get that. I was selfish like that as a player, like you know. But um, you're selfish when, like that when you go out to a meal with somebody as well. Well, yeah, like you know, what I mean, like yeah, <laughs> don't I don't leave, don't leave you got grips on your plate, man. Bread roll, bread roll, bread That's what hungry, hungry hip. But that's what makes a squad. That's what you, and that's something that you have to build. You have to build that. So you got those sort of players and things like that, you know. And Ronaldo's probably one of the best players I've ever seen, but he's not a happy sub, is he? You know what I mean? Like, um, even at 37, 38. But you've got to have players that are. And and, and El Nenny and and Holding, you know, are are those sort of players. Cedric as well, like, you know, they know their place. They come in there, do their job and, and go. It's, it, you know, eventually they move on, but for, for a few years, they're happy doing that and uh, should be appreciated a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, but Daniel Daniel points out that, I mean, El Nani had a very different response about not playing than, than Holding did. I mean, the original question is, is Holding the happiest backup? El Nani is like, I don't like not playing, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I've learned to channel it into uh, I anger. think Holding would be the same, Mike. I think he'd be the same. But I think, you know, he, oh, no, he, he knows his ability. But he said, I think he said the other day, though, he said, as much as the whole Houdinio thing, the Houdini thing's good, I don't want to be, I don't want to be someone that comes on for the last 10 minutes of my whole career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think anyone, yeah, I think, yeah, so I I think everyone will be, everyone wants to play, everyone back. I'll tell you what, if if they actually said to one of us, as you as a youngster, right, you're going to go to Arsenal and you're going to be a squad player and all that. Like There is going to be a time, even though you love the club and all that, when you think, oh, I want want a bit of this more more often. The Carl Jenkinson effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Eventually, Carl, like... becomes your nightmare. You want to... You you know, you've lived the dream, but ultimately, you you want to live the dream of a professional footballer, don't you? So, I think holding will, will, whether it be this another season and I think he'll go but I think he's happy being where he is at the moment but but he won't be it for, for forever mm, indeed uh, I'll finish off with the question from Dan Robert he says do you think the doc showed a lack of leadership throughout the team did not hear Lacazette or Odegaard once really uh, this was kind of the final uh, thing to pick up on mm, the uh, players are very quiet and I didn't like that um, uh, I'll be honest I didn't uh, really like how quiet they were I Go think on, I think it's I think it's it's a it's a weird one because I think it's gonna be something where I don't know if it's just a change in how football is where you're not gonna get those massive, mm. massive characters in which everyone's screaming and being like the second manager. And that might be the, the reason that might be because there's so many coaches. That might be because the coach wants to be the 
the main voice or the key voice, and it might just be the way that their characters are. I, I don't know. It was. I did find that quite striking, though. I didn't feel like anyone was a shout. Only Jacka really seemed like yeah, the one Xhaka. that was a Ramsdale, shout. Like Ramsdale as well. As well. Yeah. I think even Ben White as well. To be honest, I felt that like Ben White was a lot more vocal than I actually thought. He, but yeah. again, more in terms of frustration, I would say. I think but people I think, may have over-egged Gabriel as a potential captain after yeah, watching the yeah. series. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really see that. I think on the pitch, maybe, and it might be a language thing, who knows, maybe. but I feel like what where they may be leaders, or where I did see leadership from Lacazette, was when when Ramsdale was almost in tears when he when he didn't keep a clean sheet, I think it was, and then Lacazette was the one that came up to him, like, look, we're with you, or like, cheer up type of things, or it might be those little conversations as opposed to the the rallying cries that we maybe look at an Adams would have done or someone mm. like that. I just think football's changed, to be honest. And I just don't yeah. think that the leaders in which we know it or we grew up looking at are going to be how we see them now. I think it's a lot more tactical. It's a lot more, can you relay the manager's instructions as opposed to, all right, you're going to galvanise and rally the troops. I just, I just, I think that's going to be more the manager now, to be honest. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. I think that, yeah, for me... I would like to see them being more vocal. I would love to see it from someone like Erdegaard, who's now the official captain, even though I think we all know that Granit Xhaka is still the unofficial yeah, captain yeah, of yeah, Arsenal yeah. Football Club. I would like to see it more. But I also think there's a lot of talking that goes on on the field. There's a lot of stuff that we didn't see that just didn't make the cut. How yeah. you can fit an entire season into eight 40-minute sections is impossible. You're never going to be able to do it. I was disappointed we didn't see more from, say, the Southampton defeat and the Crystal yeah. Palace defeat. You know, There was things that I wanted to see from those types of games that we yeah. didn't, unfortunately, that were in there um but that's what's going to happen uh, i think what it is it's it's enabled us to get a brief glimpse inside i don't think if you set, if you set your expectations to a level where you thought you were going to understand Mikel Arteta's intrinsic tactical knowledge they wouldn't have released information like that so yeah. that's never going to be, be public it was an opportunity okay. to, it was an opportunity to see the more personal side i think of some of them the more raw side of Mikel Arteta in some circumstances and you know some of the things that go on behind the scenes that we don't get a chance to look at can i ask so, one final user question of you tom of course you can, mate. How, how does how did it feel to be like the only successful podcaster and journalist that didn't get, <laughs> didn't, get a voice, didn't get your voice onto the documentary? Yeah, look, I yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be a very very honest. I'm Were a little like bit jealous, Mr. Simu. Like, like, yeah. you know, I, I knew I knew I wasn't in it because everybody that was in it got. And hold on, a certain someone also was not involved either. Mr. Judges didn't feature. I said, um, I said serious journalists and, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> the least serious people. That's why no, I wasn't no. upset about not being. I, yeah, no, I'll be very honest. Like you know, it would, have been, it would have been great to hear a voice on, but to be honest, of all the people that were on, I'm very good friends with you know, like Harry and and Elliot and Andrew and James, who of course did fantastic well, and Babs who, who featured too. Like you know, there were some really great things I think we saw across it from a fan perspective. I was I enjoyed the fact they didn't get rid of kind of the negative fan views or the mm. negative tweets and the abuse. I'm glad they showed that in their raw form. So that was great. And so when Harry announced that Mikel Arteta had signed a brand new contract, I was buzzing for Harry. Um, so yeah, <laughs> over the moon for him. And uh, I tech because he didn't know he was in it. Cause obviously I, I had access to the, the episodes about four or five days before it came out. So I text Harry like, um, did you play them on I like four times speed just to, see, just to wait for your voice and then, and then, when you, <laughs> no, then you went back and watched absolutely it. Absolutely not. I just it was purely for I, I'm projecting onto Tom what I would have done if I had yeah, like a real estate. Yeah. yeah. I think look, with 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 Harry hearing it like uh, it? you Am know, I he was it? buzzing. He was yeah, buzzing. No, that's, um, that, that's really yeah. awesome for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and who knows? Series two, fingers crossed. Maybe, <laughs> we might make the Charlton it. one you'll be in. May maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll get into the press conference, the Charlton one. Hey, hey, I'm doing I'm doing an all or nothing. Tom Canton's wedding. So, uh, hey, look. What I will say is, I wouldn't. I would not have traded being able to go up and speak to Granite and and Aaron um, on that Ooh. day to talk about the series over getting into the series. I wouldn't Shame. have traded it for that. Shameless plug alert. 
That was. I'm just saying, it was. It, it was an experience that I will not forget very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> there are many reasons why, Whoa. but uh, hopefully, it's going to be something that happens more often in the future as well. So, uh, yeah, we move. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to today's show. Absolute pleasure as always. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's not the usual type of content we do having a quick chat about a documentary, but I think it's been a good conversation. Mike, thank you so much. Give yourself a plug and tell people I can find you not just online but in London as well. Yeah, thanks for uh, for having me on. I uh, hope you enjoy your last eight days of uh of, of single life um <laughs> looking forward to the big day and um and then the mm. second big day a week later gvclive.com go to gvclive.com we're having a live show with the likes of uh sophie nicolau harry simu fk hopefully tom uh probably tom uh, yeah i think i think i've got you're gonna say definitely tom right now and then, it just and then, it, arsenal have got a press conference that day so it just depends on, on you're gonna see works. you're gonna see a hopefully a freshly married tom uh at uh at the <laughs> ridley road social club in yeah. dalston aka hackney uh it, it's five quid to go and that's a that's a donation and gets you a, a raffle ticket ruth beck will be there it's going to be a fun night uh drinks Goonerdom, charity, art, podcast, all that good stuff. So please uh, head to gbclive.com. Lee is going to be on holiday, ba- sunbathing someplace. Uh, mission out, mission out. Put some sunscreen on that on that kepi of yours. <laughs> and uh, and thanks for having me on, Tom. I love no you. problem. No problem at all. If you want to get more information about, about that live show, as I said, five pound a ticket. Um, which is a donation, as Mike says, which is, you know, for those that are in our Discord server will know at the moment how important it is to be supporting these charities, uh, especially. So, uh, Lee, thank you so much for your time, my friend. As always, tell people where they can find you and what you're going to be up to. No worries. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here in a couple, for a couple of weeks. Um, I'm going on holiday, mm. so uh, I'm going to be a little bit quieter. But uh, Lee Judges TV, give it a little look. That's where I am. So, uh, um, yeah, and... Uh, Listen, I hope it's very, very. You have a fantastic wedding, and uh, I hope that Thanks, uh, that that live uh, thing is uh, as successful as as they always are. And uh, yeah, that's about it, really. Lovely stuff. Appreciate your time as always, fella. Uh, and finally, Raf, thank you so much for coming on the show. As always, pleasure to catch up once again. Tell people where they can find you and what you're going to be up to. Yep, um, messy music, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm putting out more. Um, more stuff on TikTok and stuff now as well. And mm. Twitter as always, yeah, always got an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the dances. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've got Arsenal previews, uh, reactions, all that good stuff. But yeah, follow me. Lovely stuff. You can find Mike uh, at Aguna's Pod. You can find Lee Judges at Lee Mark, middle name Judges, um, on Twitter. Uh, absolutely make sure you are. And LJTV, of course, uh, of which you'll find myself and Mike and, and others uh, galore, of course, appearing at times too. It's uh, it's a great channel and he's doing some great stuff as well as with Dan Potts, who also has his own channel at the 12th uh, Man Podcast. So make sure you go and check all of their stuff out. We will see you again very, very soon tomorrow morning. In fact, bright and early at 8am. It's been an absolute pleasure to join you as it always is and as always up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your Mook delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.